Hello and welcome everybody to Eyes on the Mize. Today is June 29th, and this is episode 18. Mel together boom, 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 right now boom, boom, boom. under her. Because Eldritch Moon spoilers are in full effect, and I am joined all the way from Seattle by Ian. Ian, how are you doing? It's Christmas! It yeah, it's Christmas June. again! <laughs> we get this like six times a year now. It's amazing. It's amazing, and I love it. <laughs> it is great. Uh, as you can guess, we're going to be talking about the Eldritch Moon spoilers that started in earnest on Monday. Uh, but first, a quick shout-out, because right before we went live... Uh, we have a new Magic player, potentially, in our existence because, um, for those of you who aren't on Twitter, Luis Scott Vargas, uh, Magic Pro Hall of Famer, very big Magic personality, just had his daughter born, uh, and her name is Naya Scott Vargas, and I forget what the last Sacedo. last name is. Sacedo? Yeah. There we go. So, welcome Naya to the world, and technically, she is not named after a Magic card. <laughs> he he rules the crap out of it by saying, there's no card called Naya, so... My favorite, my favorite response to that was that there's a plane shift card called Naya. Like a plane card called Naya. Uh, we're stretching it here. <laughs> yeah, but we are in Eldritch Moon. We know all the mechanics that are in Eldritch Moon. We've seen a few of the cards spoiled. There's going to be more over the course of this week in between now and next episode. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys that you can look forward to another set review by me. I don't know what form it's going to take yet, but we'll see. So I first, pop in. You, want, you want to pop in? Maybe. We'll see how my schedule looks. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how our schedules are. Uh, nice. So first, let's talk about the mechanics that are going to be in Eldritch Moon. First off, let's talk about the returning mechanics. we got double face cards coming back. It's kind of obvious. I don't think that Wizards is going to do a block-style set with double face cards and not put it in both sets. I think that's just a no-brainer to me. Now, I kind of actually saw something. I forget get the reference and who it was exactly but it was through twitter somewhere linking to maybe tumblr that someone said morrow had mentioned they might have found a cost effective way to do dual face cards we might see them more in the future maybe. but i'm not entirely sure i haven't seen that if, if that is true that's going to be very very fun but i think it's still going to be hairy depending on how they want to do the dfcs and how many they want Ooh. to do c i'll give you a c on that one i i wasn't even trying but okay i'll take it uh, <laughs> now, the DFCs take a little bit of a twist in Eldritch Moon. Uh, the main thing is that instead of the daytime-nighttime shift that we saw in original Innistrad and a little bit in SOI, it's about Emrakul's influence, and it's creatures going from their you know state pre-Emrakul to their state post-Emrakul. It's, it's nighttime to crazy. And basically, yeah, because in the uh, symbol is going to be a, moon, a full moon, and then it's going to be a, kind of like an Eldrazi squid. Uh, there is one uh, daytime-nighttime DFC, and that's Ulrich. We kind of talked about him last week. Uh, by the way, I think he's a good card. Don't think he's going to see playing Standard or anything else like that. He'll see playing Commander until the end of time because he's a werewolf and he's well, legendary. Yeah, they've, they've wanted that Commander werewolf for yeah. a while now. Regardless of whether he's what people wanted. Anyways. They have a werewolf Commander now, so... Uh, another returning mechanic is Madness, and I'm really excited to see Madness coming back because we need we need some more Madness cards. Uh, it's probably going to be the same colors as we had seen previously, focused in blue, red, and black. Um, we've already seen a card in each color already. Yeah, I'm kind of sad, though, uh, about how Madness has played out. Like, I honestly thought it was going to be a lot bigger. I mean, the, the biggest right issue now. with Madness is that, as Morrow called it, it's an A-B mechanic. In order for Madness to really play out really well, you need good enablers and you need good Madness cards. You can't right. just have good Madness cards and no good enablers. I mean, part of the reason in Standard that's bad is because Jace, is really, Jace was really good 
so they couldn't push the blue madness cards without threatening to have mono blue or blue control take over the format. But as we've seen lately, <laughs> especially <laughs> due to articles on some websites, like John just pointed out on Channel Fireball, they have the Selesny Apocalypse, basically green-white control standard right now. Every yeah. other color is being splashed, or you should say, why aren't you playing this? Unless you're playing like white-black control. Yeah. Anyways, Madness is gonna is coming back, which I'm excited about because we need more Madness cards. I know somebody in my LGS really wants them to bring back Big Game Hunter, which I'll let you look up on your own. But basically, it's a creature with Smite the Monsters attached with Madness on it. So, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, another returning mechanic is Delirium, which is kind of not surprising. Everything's going to hell. People are going to get delirious. We're going to see some delirium cards with some spicy inclusions that we've already seen. Yeah, I'm trying to remember which ones we've seen so far. There's the Dryad. I think that's the big one. Oh yeah, that guy looks amazing. We'll talk. So about- Gnarlwood Dry. Well, we talk. No, we haven't mentioned, it, but it's Gnarlwood Dryads green for a one-one with Death Touch. Now already limited. Sign me up. I'll it's take a, it. It's an uncommon. It's not a common like Sedge Scorpion was in. But. Theros, but it's still good. Like, 1G, 1-1 Death Touch is great. One, it's still a 1-1 Death Toucher for one. Especially with how they're pushing one-sided fight. This is great. Yeah, in green? Yes, please. Yes. And, but Delirium set, like, you know, Delirium mechanic, blah, blah, blah. It's, you know, four types or whatever in your graveyard. Narwhal Drag gets plus two, plus two, as long as there are four more card types. So, so it becomes a 3-3. Three, three. Yeah, so it's like, kind of a new Nimble Mongoose with Death Touch instead of Shroud at Uncommon, which I can buy into. I don't care. I mean, I look at it this way. If, it, if the pack is crappy, I will happily take that first pick. Narwhal Dryad is very good. The only thing that I could see as a detriment to it is the fact that Dual Shot exists, but that's the only thing that I can think of. Eh, but you're only going to get one pack of yeah. Shadows now, so yeah. who knows. And those are all the returning mechanics. Investigate is not returning. And there's some <laughs> people who are really upset because they're like, Investigate's a cool mechanic. Why isn't it coming back? Uh, Ian, well, do you want to take this one? <laughs> well, uh, the senior editor at Wizards of the Coast of rules basically the rule god matt tayback tweeted saying for those curious re lack of investigate when the large flying tentacle monster shows up you can stop looking for the problem it's that <laughs> it's yeah, so it's, good yeah we don't need to investigate anymore we know what the problem is it's it's Immercool. so now, what i think is what i think is nice though is that it does open up it's a great um design space i think I mean, granted, it could feel a little out of flavor in a lot of future sets, like with just the way the name of Investigate is, but I would not put it past them to bring Investigate back. Yeah, I think Investigate was well-received enough that it's going to come back. I think it's actually named enough generally that it can come back. Um, I just don't know where it's going to need to go, per se, Um, but I'm certain that we'll see Investigate again at some point in the future, if not in a real set, in some sort of supplemental set, because it was just... It definitely sets itself up well for something, hell, like even maybe Conspiracy 2. We could see it there. I have no idea. I, well, I, well, I'm just saying, though, like it's it's one of those things where we can see it in a product like that, like especially if they're looking for a more story-oriented thing. I mean, what we little we know about Conspiracy yeah. 2 is it's very much going to be something of the, um, you know, like f- looking at who killed um, Brago and the motivations and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So you might see something along that lines. But if, if we don't, we still got an amazing card out of it in Tireless Tracker. So, yep. Yay. And that brings us to the new mechanics. And the first new mechanic that we want to talk about is Emerge. Now, Emerge is focused in blue, black, and green, uh, as per Sam Stoddard, who was the lead developer of Eldritch Moon. He put it on Twitter earlier today. And Emerge is a mechanic that goes on creatures. I believe it's only on creatures. 
Uh, the first creature that we saw is one that Ian's going to talk about a little bit later, unless you want to talk about it now, which is Wretched Griff. It is a 3-4 flyer for 7 generic mana. It's an Eldrazi Hippogriff. Talk, talk about a byline. <laughs> at common. And when you cast it, you draw a card, which is already pretty reasonable. And it has Emerge for 5 and a blue. Now, here is the reminder text for Emerge. You may cast this spell by sacrificing a creature and paying the Emerge cost reduced by that creature's converted mana cost. So... Now, there's a huge caveat on that, though. What's the caveat? The caveat is you can only pay for the generic mana. Yeah. So basically, if I have a three drop that I that I sacrifice to cast to emerge my wretched griff, because the flavor is that is kind of the, the chest burster from Alien, uh, I get to pay three mana because that's the discount. No matter what creature I sacrifice, I'm at least paying blue. So if I have say a hooting mandrels in play, which is a six mana creature, I'm all, I still have to pay the blue for wretched griff. In order to emerge it. But you still get a 3-4 for 1. Yeah, which is good Which is good mana economy. Uh, Evan Irwin recently tweeted uh, today about the fact that there's another one that we're going to talk... Another emerge creature that's been spoiled we'll talk about a little bit later. That, you know, cost reduction mechanics are inherently dangerous. And we just left Delve World, you know, not four months ago. And I think that Wretched Griff actually... Or I think that Emerge hits that note because... Nobody talks about busted Convoke cards. Convoke being the mechanic that you can tap your creatures for mana as though they were they were mana dorks. They were very, very, very careful when they brought back Convoke and M15. Yeah. I mean, the two best Convoke cards were Stoke the Flames and, Call- and, Court-, and Court of Calling. Right. And Cord was a reprint. And Stoke was used very heavily in Mono Red. Oh, Stoke was amazing. Stoke was a great card. Ah, oh, love Stoke. Anyways, uh, Emerge, I think, is a very fair cost reduction mechanic. Uh, Retrogriff itself is seems fine for a common. Uh, I don't know how good it's going to play in limited. Uh, I know Ian and I recently talked about this in a Twitch chat about how this is going to play in Popper. Um. <laughs> Screw. Let's just talk about it. No, All right, we'll talk about we'll talk about it now. Um, so I'm I will definitely be testing this in my Marasatron deck. Now, what's kind of funny is we call it Marasatron. It's if you know anything about the deck, um, it's a Popper Tron deck that's red blue. Touching on green for uh, Pulse of Marasa, which was used originally once all the blink mechanic, like a lot of the uh, uh, untap your lands mechanics, like with Cloud of Fairies and stuff like that, was taken out of the format. It was used to generate like you can almost go infinite with it. Like you could um, get a, you could use it to get a creature back from your graveyard. Like you could evoke a Mold Drifter for th- like three mana. You could pay six go mana to evoke a Mold Drifter and then. Get it back and from then, the yard yeah. and get gain six life. But now that they have Paragon Drake in the format, things get insane, especially with Tron decks, because you can just tap all your Tron lands, float all that mana, play a Paragon Drake for like half the mana you've floated, untap it, and then tap it all again. And now Ghostly Flicker can bounce that and itch, and you'll have a, yeah. a mnemonic wall on the battlefield, which gets back a spell from the graveyard. So basically, when you cast Ghostly Flicker, it'll resolve. Then the, the Flicker happens. Then you can get back the Ghostly Flicker, tap all your lands again, untap them, and just go infinite on your mana. And then usually it's used to set up like uh, Rolling Thunder for lethal. But yeah. uh, this lets you – you can do all those shenanigans with – you can cast a Paragon Drake, tap all your Tron lands, untap them, then play out a Mold Drifter, draw two cards, unt- and then – play out a wretched griff emerging and only playing one blue and you draw three cards and end up with a three, four flyer in play. Yeah. 
The reason why I mentioned it in Tron is that it costs seven generic mana, and for those of you who may not know, Tron refers to the assembling of the Urza lands, which are Urza's power plant, Urza's tower, and Urza's mine, which, when you have all three in play, they all tap four, seven mana. So even then, you can just just go, okay, screw it, I don't have anything to emerge, I can just tap three Tron lands, play out a three, four flyer, that usually in the formats now it's going a lot more creature heavy, so it's a good blocker. Yeah, it blocks Peregrine Drake. If you need to worry about blocking a Peregrine which Drake, is, which is a two-three flyer, yeah, um, yeah, it, it. I'm definitely going to be testing at least two yeah. in the deck and see how it plays. Retrogriff definitely is a very good kind of just show off for the mechanic. We'll talk about another one a little bit later. Uh, but emerge, I'm really excited about. I'm really interested to see how it plays. Uh, one of the dangerous things is that it's in the Sultai colors, uh, and recently commander tables have been torn up with Marin of Clan Toth who really likes to sacrifice creatures. So we'll see. Uh, yeah, not fun. Uh, the next mechanic we're going to talk about, which is focused in red, black, and or white, black, and red, trying to get my Wooburg orders correctly, is Escalate. Uh, Escalate is, goes on non-creature spells, specifically instants and sorceries that are modal. Um, the one that they show off to start us off with is Borrowed Malevolence, a single black mana for a common instant. It has, says choose one or both. Target creature gets plus one, plus one until end of turn, or target creature gets minus one, minus one until end of turn, with an Escalate cost of two. So, if you pay B, you can get one or the other. If you pay two and a B, you get both. Which I think is, I think it's an incredibly efficient card, and it's a, I like it as a mechanic. I think Escalate's a really interesting mechanic. Uh, in before, everybody says it's just kicker, because it is just kicker. Um, it's just something that we're going to have to deal with, and every mechanic is kicker, so whatever. Uh, Bard Malevolence, I think, is a really neat combat trick. It helps you win. It helps you win combats very, very easily. Uh, it lets your three threes attack into their four fours, because then you turn your guy into a four four and their guy into a three three, which is huge. Uh, it can also just pick off X ones. Uh, the other one that we've seen is Blessed uh, Alliance. Blessed Alliance. It is one in a white for an instant. Uh, I'm going to guess that most of these are going to end up being instants. Well, I think we're only. We might just see. They already said that it's just going to be black, white, and red. So we're probably expecting there's going to be a rare at red. Yeah. Or a red and rare. I bet there's a rare for each color in Escalade. But anyways, uh, Blessed Alliance has, is an uncommon with three modes. So it's one in the white, same Escalade cost of two. Uh, you choose one or more. Target player gains four life. Untap up to two target creatures. Target opponent sacrifices an attacking creature. This spell at six mana is great. Oh, it's 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 an excellent spell. At, like, even, four, even mana, at four mana, it's also great. And at, and at two mana, it's merely okay because, you know, there is um, Celestial Flare is white-white for that last effect. So this is already a better Celestial Flare. Yeah, and untapping two target creatures at instant speed, that con- like they declare attackers and they think they're going to get a thing and you can just blow them right back out. It's great. Yeah. I think that's um, a really fun mechanic. So what people are thinking is like, so obviously we saw Barm 11s. It's a common. It had two modes. Blessed Alliance, uncommon with three people are just assuming right now, and this is purely conjecture at the current moment since we have not seen a rare, that the rares are going to have four modes. I mean, that's possible. I'm not entirely sold on whether we're going to see four mode escalate spells. Well, like I said, it's conjecture at this point, Like, yeah. but I wouldn't be surprised. I think that those would get way too close to the commands, and I think that having those and the commands in the same standard format might be too much. I mean, they're only going to be there for three months. But that's still quite a bit of time. But yeah. But I mean, look at Blessed Alliance. You're already paying four for just two of those modes, which is essentially the same as what you're paying for like an Ojatai's command. Yeah. 
So, and you're not going to get nearly as much value as you would a Dromokus command, which is only two mana. Because, I mean, even Bar Malevolence, you have to pay three. Yeah. So, so we'll see. Um, I think that this is going to be really interesting. Uh, mana sync or um, what's the word? Mana yeah, sync. Mana sync. Yeah. It's a mana sync because uh, in limited you need your mana sinks. So this is one of this is one of our mana sinks. I'm excited to see what happens with Escalate. Uh, and then we get to kind of the um, the big papa of the uh, spoiler season, and that is uh, Meld. Uh, <laughs> Ian, would you try to take a stab at what Meld is? Let me tell you a little something about when two cards love each other very much. <laughs> no. So Melt is it's one of those mechanics that, um, reading about it, they've actually been trying to get it in Magic since... Oh, God, I can't remember the set. It was the one right before New Phyrexia. And all no, it stuff. was New Phyrexia. Oh, was it New Phyrexia the one they yeah, wanted Ken, to do it? Ken Nagel is trying to put it into New Phyrexia, and right. Meld is inspired by BFM, which is an unglued card, which is two cards put together side by so, side. So spoilers, Meld is two cards put together. But there's a lot of different qualifying conditions, and we're only seeing three in the set. Which Three Meld pairs. Meld pairs, right. Okay, when I was referring to metal, I was talking the melded big cards. Yeah. So what we've seen so far is we've seen uh, one of the first ones we got actually got to see was Hanweir the Writhing Township. And that was like, wait a minute, it's a dual face card and it's 7-4. How does this flip? P- what they didn't tell us at the time was that it was actually a meld card. So you, Yeah, we, you we were asking the question, what's the front side? The question we should have been asking is, what are the front sides? Yeah, and people are like, I know somebody was knocking on the garrison, like, oh, everyone looks normal. It's like, uh, look at the art a little closer. Their faces are all yeah. distorted, and you can see the tentacles in the background. So let's go ahead but, and talk about the front sides of the hun- okay, so of the Writhing Township, because we've already talked about the township. It's a 7-4 haste trample. Whenever it attacks, you put two three twos attacking into play. Uh, Hunwer Battlements is a rare land. It taps for a colorless. You can pay red and tap and give a creature haste until end of turn, which is reasonable. There's been a few of those style lands before. And then it has three red, red, and tap. If you both own and control Hanwer Battlements and a creature named Hanwer Garrison, exile them, then meld them into Hanwer the Writhing Township. No, I like that little and control thing. <laughs> well, own. Well, I mean, it was going to have to be both. You both have to. Contr- I think controlling them is is obviously a must. Well, have. No, no, no. But, but uh, I'm, I think yeah, the own the, and control is the big part. Well, no, I like. I do like that they specify that specifically. Yeah. So anyway, Hanweir Garrison, which is what was mentioned in the end of Battlements, is two and a red for a creature human soldier. It is a two-three. Whenever Hanweir Garrison attacks, put two one-one red human creature tokens onto the battlefield, tap them attacking. Then so, it has in reminder text melds with Hanweir Battlements. Right, and what's kind of interesting too is I swear I didn't see this in uh, Shadows cards, but. Like when it has little the reminder text what the flip side is, it actually has an arrow built into the side of the card now. I have some bad news, Ian. That's been on all the double face cards. Man, I didn't pay attention. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, so much I care. Anyway, even in in Istrad, but I digress. (laughs) Pshaw. Anyway, (laughs) Hammer Garrison's actually kind of cool. Um, people are saying it's like a hero of Oxid Ridge. I think it was. No, no, it's a mini hero Bladehold. Hey, Bladehold, right? Hero of Oxid Ridge does totally different things. Okay, my bad. But it was a hero in red, whatever. Close enough. (laughs) Anyway, it also reminds me of like Brymaz without the Vigilance. Yeah, what we're getting to is Hunter Garrison is a very, very good card. It's a three-mana red creature that attacks with four power on turn four. Yeah, if you you have a Hunter Battlements out and it's on turn four, you can get all of that hasty. Um, 
But the big question with the meld creatures in general, because we're going to talk about um, the big flashy pair in a minute. Uh, there's another there's another pair at common, which are two black creatures, Graph Rats, which is uh, one of the black for a two one, and then that's um, Midnight Scavengers. Midnight Scavengers. It's, a, it's four in a, four in a black for a three three, which reads, "It's a human rogue." When Midnight Scavengers enters the battlefield, you may return target creature with converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard to your hand. What's and kind then, of, it yeah. brings back your grave your Graph Rats if you got it, but it and becomes the, Chittering Host. Well, real quick, Graph Rats, the, the flip condition is if you could own and control both of them, at the beginning of your upkeep, you flip them. Yeah. And then the Chittering Host is like a 5-6 Trample, or no, 5-6 Haste Menace that gives your other creatures plus 1 plus 0 oh, Haste and Menace. Yeah, when it enters the battlefield that yeah. particular turn. So you're looking at, hoping you have a board state when you flip it, and then everything gets one plus 1 plus 0 oh, and Menace, which makes combat math stupid. Yes. Basically, yes, you does. tell your opponent if you stick, if you like play the scavengers and then stick the rats, it's like okay, deal with them this turn, or you're gonna have some pain. Uh, so those are four of the six total meld cards that, or this is two of the meld pairs. We're gonna talk about the we're gonna talk about the uh, the splashy ones in a moment. Uh, but a few quick um, fact questions that Matt Tabeck had to fire off on Twitter and on Tumblr. The CMC of the melded creature is the sum of the CMCs of the two component cards. So Hanweir, uh, so Hanweir the Writhing Township is a three CMC creature. Chittering Host is a seven CMC creature. I think that's hilarious. Though. If you kill a melded creature, you put both cards into the graveyard. If you exile a melded creature, you put both parts into exile face up. If you bounce a melded creature, you put both cards into your hand with the front sides forward. Correct. So what that means is if you try to do some crazy flicker, if so, say someone's targeting like your melded flipped card so like Hanware the Writhing Township or Chittering Host you can blink it and then get both your other creatures back yeah and it's it, it's interesting it, yeah it'll basically counter whatever's trying to kill it because oh also in kind of the same line when you were dealing with uh, Reflector Mage in standard and you had a flipped werewolf card or so like or a trans like the the big one was the pacifist yeah, the pacifist, the um, dust call or dust, dust recruit, recruit, yeah, and the uh, the white one. Oh, the white flip card. The uh, yeah, the rab, the mob. Oh, oh, Inside town gossamonger. Yeah, gossamonger. That's right. Yeah, so those guys were basically. Uh, remember the the name is not the same. Yeah. So. Yeah, reflector mage checks the name, so you can still play the other cards. But meld is really sweet. I am glad and upset they're only doing three meld pairs, but it makes a lot of sense. I kind of wish we had seen one at Uncommon, but that's just me being picky. I mean, yeah. Uh, there was also an article uh, yesterday by Ken Nagel, who is the lead designer for Eldritch Moon, who said that they had two common pairs in black and blue, but they were kind of fighting for space. So they left the black pair and took out the blue pair. So we'll see if in the future we get more meld cards, if it goes over well here. I've already seen the, this is ruining magic, it's a stupid gimmick, I'm leaving. So People suck, and they say that all the time. That's true. So let's go ahead and move on and talk about some of the key cards spoiled because there have been a lot of really spicy cards spoiled for standard, for limited, and for maybe older formats. And I want to start with probably the one that is the heaviest hitter uh, as far as metagame impact in standard, in modern, and maybe even legacy, and that is Thalia Heretic Cathar. All right, so first off, this is actually going to be 
there's going to be two versions of this coming out because it's already been shown as the BioBox promo, mm-hmm. which I think is pretty sweet art. But the regular one has amazing art. I love it. Yeah, uh, I think so it's anyway, uh, Magali uh, is the first name of the artist. Uh, yeah, Magali is the only way I've yeah. heard. Uh, knocked so, it out of the park. Amazing. Uh, so Thalia Heretic Cathar, two and a white for a 3-2 first striker. A legendary so, creature, human soldier. Yeah, she's keeping her first strike, which is great. Yeah. So it says creatures and non-basic lands your opponents control enter the battlefield tapped. Now, uh, in standard, we have a bunch of non-basic lands. Most of them do enter the battlefield tapped. Some of them have conditionals, obviously. But this is going to be insane in stuff like modern where you have the shock lands or you have the fast lands or you have um, fetch lands. Yeah. <laughs> The fact that fetch lands, fetch lands enter play tapped is hilarious. That is a that is a thing that you almost never actually see. You almost never see uh, fetch lands entering play tapped, and you never see people tap them because it's always just put it in my graveyard. Yeah, they um, just go. Boop. Yeah, Thalia is. It's really interesting. She dies to lightning bolt, which is bad in modern. I'm talking modern because she's going to knock stuff out of the part in, in standard, mainly because she can. She's a collected company hit, and that's silly. Mm-hmm. I'm putting like three of her in a collected company. <laughs> yeah, depending she, on how the deck looks after this yeah. set will. But at, at currently, yeah, three of them. Uh, in modern, uh, the one article I saw by Frank Carson had her has as a one of an Abzan company that you could cord for. That's disgusting. Yeah. I hate that deck already. Like uh, I already, I mean, I already hate Abzan company. I don't need more reasons to hate it. <laughs> yeah, it's just that Thalia is. A, I love that Thalia is keeping kind of her taxing mechanic in between her iterations because I know that Wizards is very pointedly making sure that characters and Planeswalkers stay consistent in what they do. Best part is though, you can curve out on Thalia's. Yeah, you could go Thalia Garden of Thraben, which is a two-one first strike for two that makes non-creature spells cost one more into Thalia Heretic Cathar, and then your opponent is just in a mess of trouble because not only are all of their non-creature spells off-curve, now all their non-basic lands come to play tapped, which makes it even harder on them. And their creatures come in tapped, so it's basically yeah. like you can't even play a, a blocker down. Yeah, it, like Collected Company gets shut off. Like Thalia, I think, breaks the Collected Company mirrors. I know. That's why I'm putting <laughs> the only, the only creature I think that Mainboard. would I think the creature that will see more play because of it is Bounding Crisis, but we'll see. Uh, that might actually bring her sort because that's actually fallen out of favor. But it might, yeah, it might come back because it untaps creatures. Anyway, well, like I said, we still have the whole set to get spoiled. Yeah, we've only we seen actually... thirty cards, guys. So no, we're, we're just speculating rampantly. We have no firm ideas whatsoever. Uh, I mean, the next, next, what else are we doing? We're magic players. That's true. Uh, that's why we made a podcast, right, Ian? Uh, anyways, <laughs> anyways, let's talk about the last meld pair, which is the flashy meld pair. And this is the combination of Bruna and Gisela, because people were like, hey, where's Bruna and Gisela in Shadows of Innistrad? Turns out they were an Eldritch Moon, and things aren't looking good for them. Well, we saw them in the story, but, but not we didn't actually cards. see a card. Yes, yeah, correct. so uh, both of them are legendary creatures. They're both angel horrors now. Gisela is mythic, and Bruna is rare. Side note. There's a lot of horrors in this set. There are they a lot play of well horrors. with Thing in the Ice. Thing in the saying. Ice is getting a little bit better, maybe. I don't know. It's probably still not good. No, uh, it's, but it's still, its flip condition is yeah. like definitely not as good, I don't think. Yeah. Anyways, Gisela, the Broken Blade, is two white white for a 4 3 flying first strike lifelink. Mini Bane Slayer. Which is a mini Bane Slayer angel, which is a five mana, five five flying first strike lifelink with random protections that don't matter. This card's really good. Like, this card is push for constructed. Yeah, it's push for constructed, and you slam jam this first pick in a draft. Uh, easily. Even even if you don't get Bruna, who's her meld pair, she's still absurd, just on her own. 
Like if she even, lives, even if you're not in white, just be like, nope, sorry, you're not getting this card. <laughs> depends on how. Depends on what. Depends on where we are. Um, like if if I open if I was at the Pro Tour, which I'm not going to the Pro Tour, and I opened Gisela, I would take Gisela. If I'm in pack, if I'm opening her pack two and I'm not in white, I'm passing Gisela. I don't think there's. I think it really depends on where you're at. Although I have resigned myself to the fact that I am never going to see the Gisela and Bruna melded in limited in my local game store outside of opening both of them. Yeah. Because that's never happening. <laughs> so anyway. But so Gisela is the one we should say. So the mail cards do have that. One of the two meld cards, we should I didn't we mentioned this. One of the two has the meld condition, yeah. which is if you own both at a certain time, like the Graph Rats was what uh, you said. Beginning of, Graph Rats was the beginning of combat. Battle the Hunter Battlements had it as an activated ability, and Gisela has it at the end at the beginning of the end step. Yeah. So of you your, actually basically. of your end step. Not your so if you if you get both in play on your opponent's end step, it's not gonna do anything. It has to be your end step. Right. And then Bruna is five white white for a five seven. She's beefy. And when you and she's a rare. So so Gisela's mythic. Bruna's rare. And when you cast Bruna, the fading light, you may return target angel or human creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. And she has flying and vigilance. So Bruna is bigger, and she has a reanimation effect. You'll notice that among the different meld of the two of the common meld pair and this meld pair, one of them helps you bring back the other in case you cast it early and it dies. Yeah, the creature ones. Anyway, the creature the ones, yeah. So, for example, if you have a Gisela in play on turn four, she dies. Then on turn seven, you go cast Bruna, bring back Gisela, go to my end step, and then you meld them together. Um, another thing that I don't think we mentioned about the meld pairs is that uh, basically if you if – you, so if you hold up your hands in front of you and you have those two cards and you imagine those as your cards, rotate them 90 degrees and so that you have your hands sideways on top of one another because it makes one big magic card. <laughs> Yeah, so the, basically we don't know which one makes which we part do. of the – We do. Uh, if you go to the oh, right. card yeah, they, gallery – right. If you go to the card gallery on uh, Wizards' website, the the card with the meld text is the top. So uh, okay. Gisela is going to be the top of the meld side, which is called Brazella Voice of Nightmares, and Bruna is the bottom. Which gives you the creature – Which the, gives you all the, the text the creature of – tagline, yeah, the tag – Of Brazella. Now – So her text box is – Brazella is oh. Brazella voice of nightmares. This we've seen our we've seen the art. It was in the magic story we talked about with Carrie last week. Yep. Legendary creature Eldrazi Angel. Mm-hmm. Nine ten. It's literally the sum of their powers and toughnesses. Correct. Flying. Yep. First strike. Mm-hmm. Vigilance. Mm-hmm. Lifelink. All their abilities combined. Correct. Your opponent can't cast spells with converted mana cost three or less. So basically, you're ensuring that. By the way. The total CMC of Brazella is 11. Um, you are ensuring that your 910 cannot be hit by cheap removal. So no Doomblades, no Reflector Mages, no Stasis Snares, no Ruinous Paths, no nothing. It's got to be big or nothing. No uh, Abrupt Decay. No. It doesn't matter. It well, doesn't matter. Can't even be targeted. So high. Yeah. Thank you for the new double face card rules, Watsy. Anyways, so uh, Brazella is a house. I don't know if we're ever going to see this in standard. Gisela is pushed enough for constructed play that people might just play one or two Brunas. We'll see how the format shakes out. Because to be perfectly honest with you, if there are white-based control decks that want to stall for a long game, people yeah. are saying it might be something like four Gisela, or three Gisela, and maybe like one or two Bruna. Yeah. 
So that way you get the Gisela's out early and you have that late game. You know, yeah. you're churning through your card advantage. You get a Bruna. You stick the Bruna. You flip it. And then you're just like, I'm a control deck that's now going to beat you in two turns. Yeah. Deal with it. It's really interesting because Brizella is will, – will finish your opponent off. And like just even flipping her into Brizella will end most games. Um, I mean, first strike, fly, first strike, vigilance, and lifelink. Just first strike and lifelink alone. At, just not, like, at okay, nine you power. You're just nine like, power. You're just like, all right, how do you deal with this? Yeah. You have um, to me. So, Brazella is crazy. Uh, a few questions that people ask, asked about this, uh, because these are both legendaries. You can play either one as your commander. Um, I'm on the play Gisela camp. There's a lot of people who are on the play Bruna camp. Um, damage by Brazella counts as commander damage. Yes, if one half is is your commander, then the other half, then the meld is still your commander and deals commander damage. That's um, some pretty spicy damage too. <laughs> and then in commander, you get this weird rules thing where if they exile your Brazella, um, you can put your commander in the command zone, but the other half goes to exile, which is weird. It's a little weird, but hey. Meld is kind of weird, and that's the entire point of the mechanic because meld is weird. Um, I think I it's mind. great. I think meld is a is a really interesting mechanic to see play out. I don't know how many times I'm going to see creatures get melded, but I I will be very excited whenever I do. It's going to be like oh yeah, oh yeah. It's going to be so much fun. You're going to high five your friends. It's going to be amazing. Especially if it happens at the pre-release, like with one of these rare pairs. Oh do it. man, just, oh god. Just, you, your your friend who or whoever does it deserves all of the high fives. Uh, the one most note, highest of fives. <laughs> one note, it's going to be really funny when somebody gets the Brazella pair and one of them's their promo, so they have a half-foil Brazella. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It's going to be really funny. <laughs> oh, Hey, speaking of dual-face cards, have they actually mentioned that they're going to do what they did with uh, Shadows yet for packs, or no? Um, I'm, I'm assuming it's under the same thing where you're guaranteed a double-face card, and if you get a rare DFC, it replaces it's another. You get two DFCs in the pack. I'm assuming so because we've seen enough of these dual face flippers so far. Yeah. Oh, I think there's probably around 20 double face cards in the set. Um, another we've reason seen, why we're not seen seeing a ton of meld pairs because the three meld pairs make up six double face cards. So that means they have 14 at least double face cards left. Like five meld pairs is half the double face cards. We've already seen, let's see here, one. We've probably seen close to ten, I want to say. Two, three, While you're counting, let's talk about another one of the DFCs, which is, oh my god, it's so flavorful. Nine. I've seen nine so far. Yeah. Uh, And that is Docent of Perfection and Final Iteration. Oh my Uh, god, the flavor. Docent of Protection is a a blue creature. He's three blue-blue for a rare insect horror. He's a 5-4. He has flying, and you'll notice that this guy is literally the backside of uh, is perfected form, the backside of Abert Researcher, which is the which is the continuation of the Insectile Aberration Delver of Secrets story. Now, Dozen of Perfection again, five four flyer for five, which is already good. Play it every time. First pick it and draft, and then whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, you put a one one blue human wizard to- creature token onto the battlefield. Okay. You have my attention. Then, if you control three or more wizards, transform Docent of Perfection. And now you have my curiosity. <laughs> and then you have a Final Iteration, which is a 6-5 creature Eldrazi insect with flying. Uh, it has the same text that Docent of Perfection had, that whenever you cast an instant or sorcery, you make a 1-1 human wizard. Uh, but wizards you control get plus 2, plus 1, and a half flying. 
They made baby freaking Delvers, man. So the front side of this creature makes Delver of Secrets, and the back side of it makes Insect Elaborations of your Delver of Secrets. And it's got Nils Hom as the artist. Yep. It's just so good. It is great. I can't wait to see the playmat with all six of the arts on it. Dude, I want this in foil because it's going to look disgustingly awesome. Or disgusting, one of the two. Um, this card is a bomb unlimited. Uh, you play it every time you see it uh, because it's disgusting. It's disgustingly good. If it's first pick, you just be like, all right, I'm on the sorcery spell deck. Yay. Yeah. Uh, I think that's basically it with Docent. I can't think of anything else that's really kind of... Nah, dude, the flavor's just amazing. Yeah, again, Innistrad knocks flavor home runs every single time. I just love the fact that they made a story over cards. That's yeah. just... I, I, so it, the the flavor text, though, on Docent of Perfection just says the time had come for him to share his findings. Oh, yeah, that was also great. Which is, per- which is also perfect scientific discourse. You find something independently, you perfect it, and then you share it. Yeah, basically it. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about another blue card, though, shall we? Uh, mm-hmm. Let's talk about Unsubstantiate, uh, which, I, which I'm going to put as the card that most people are going to mispronounce, uh, which is uh, one of the blue for an instant, return target spell or creature to its owner's hand. This has gotten some insane debate. Also, art note, the artist himself has said that is a corrupted Elmer. Poor Elmer. It's a, yeah, it's a corrupted. Uh, for those you don't know uh, from limited resources, Elmer is usually refers to any kind of elk. Yeah, it's it's a Marshall's pet card. Yeah, it is. It, it, it's more or less the LR mascot by now. Anyways, uh, unsubstantiate is a very interesting card because the last card that had this effect was Vincer Shaper Servant, which is a two-two for one for two blue blue, who's a he- legendary human wizard with flash. And when he enters the battlefield, he does that effect. Previously, we had the card that everybody's comparing this to, which is Remand, uh, which unsubstantiated is not Remand, because Remand's absurd. Remand is broken. Remand is one of the blue instant counter-target spell, but instead of putting it in the graveyard, you return it to their hand, and then you draw a card. There's a few differences between Remand and unsubstantiate. First difference, Remand draws a card. Correct. And what's the second difference, Ian? So the second difference is this card is pretty freaking cool in that it gets around cannot be countered clauses because Reman says counter target spell. When spell is targeted, return it to its owner's hand. This doesn't counter a spell. It just says return target spell. So this gets around the the big spells that you're going to know about this are, say, Abrupt Decay or Supreme Verdict or some of the creatures that you've seen, like, say, Sphinx of the Final Word from Oath of the Gatewatch, Throw the Last Troll from from uh, Mirrodin Besieged or Scars of Mirrodin. Dragonlord Dramoka. Dragonlord Dramoka as well. It's a card that gets around and can't be countered in a very slick way, but it doesn't counter the spell. It just kind of says, mm, put that back in your hand. Now, what's nice about this, though, too, is there are, you know, for Hexproof cards, this ignores Hexproof because Hexproof really only matters on the battlefield. Yeah, you can you can bounce a Hexproof card because Hexproof can't be counter- targeted on the battlefield. Uh, and yes, you can well, uh, substantiate it, 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 an Embercool because protection from instance only works on the battlefield. Now remember, this can be used on creatures on the battlefield. It can also be used while creatures are being cast. Yeah. It's it's either unsummon, which is just return a creature to its owner's hand, or it's this cute cute little just put it back in your hand. I don't want to see it. Tweaked tweaked remand. Yeah. Tweaked remand. I don't Tweak, know how oh, I don't, wait, wait, wait. tweaked remand back to the hand kind of thing. Yeah. Ability. I don't know how good it is. We'll see. Uh, I think there's a lot of hype around it cuz magic players love to overhype blue cards. Don't know why. Uh, but they tend to well, there's there's some reasoning behind this now, though. I mean, yeah. blue has blue's very weak in standard right now, so it's true. Pe- people just want like right now, very like clamoring for like give us good blue cards again. <laughs> Speaking, but I think 
if, if this if this had draw a card, Too that good. would almost be pushing a rare. Too good. I don't th- I don't think they would print that card in standard. Period. Anyways, uh, t- speaking of blue cards, let's talk about a gold card. We have Gisa and Garalf. Uh, finally together in a standard set, and literally together on the same card, but not together in the Eldrazi sense. Uh, they are two blue-black for a 4-4 legendary human wizard at Mythic. Uh, and when, when they enter the battlefield, you you put the top four cards of your library into your graveyard, so you mill yourself four. And then once on each of your turns, you can cast a zombie from your graveyard. People are already looking at this as a new zombie commander, and yeah. I don't don't doubt them at all. Like, nope. this is a great card. Like, first off, 4-4 four, for four, four. Already good. Great. You're only you're obviously going to be playing this in a deck that wants cards in the graveyard anyway, like that perf- was it like zombies perfected Am- uh, um, yeah, prized amalgam. Your prized amalgam. There we go. So that's a way to dump it in the graveyard, and then there's creatures that get out of the graveyard. Yeah, and it's going to be great. I mean, you can already cast prized amalgam out of the graveyard if you don't have it. People are already saying like, um, what's it called? Relentless Dead is going to be hilarious with this card. Oh yeah. Um, I just love the flavor. Oh, uh, yeah, the flavor of the card's great, too. Um, the flavor text. Oh, the flavor text is absurd. Oh, man. These fiends are slightly less taller than you. And it's one of them. That's uh, Gisa. And then Garof says, a sentiment that warms my heart, sister. Yeah, it is it is some really good flavor text right there. They still hate each other, but they're working together because they're stuff that's slightly worse. Slightly worse than, uh, than having to deal with siblings. Uh, card's hilarious. I'm sure I'm going to see it in Commander. I'm sure it's going to be pretty silly and limited. Don't about standard, we'll see. Uh, but I'm always hopefully, I'm always you, hopeful. You know someone's going to bring this to FNM and it's a zombie oh, deck. Easy. Um, anyways, uh, the next card I wanted to talk about was Curious Homunculus, which is one of the blue for a one-one. Uh, it taps for a single colorless mana, but you and you can only use it to cast instant or sorceries. Twin then, then at the beginning of your upkeep, if you have three or more instant or sorceries in your graveyard, you transform it into Voracious Reader, which is a 3-4 with prowess, and your instant sorcery spells cost one less. Now, when I first read this card, I was like, this card would be good in Storm. And then I thought for a moment and said, never mind, it's not good in Storm. <laughs> because I can't, I don't get the bonus immediately. Yeah, I was really curious what your take on this in Storm was, and I looked at it, I'm like, parts, I'm like, hmm, no haste. If this said haste on it, it would be decent. If it had haste or if it was just the flip side. Like if I could pay, you know, two to three mana for the flip side, fine. Um, this, is, this is also taunting everybody who played Blue Red or Grixis Prowess last standard. Oh, yeah. Like me. <laughs> it's like, ooh, it's so close. So close. But, but not quite. Not quite. Uh, it's a really cute card. It's going to see play unlimited because people are going to draft the Blue Red Spells deck because it's hilarious. Uh, don't think it's good in st- standard. Don't think it's good in any other format. Well, we'll see. Uh, I am open to... People proving me wrong. Next is a card that is probably the most flavorful card so far we've seen, which is Soul Separator, which is spoiled by the, our buddies over at the Command Cast. And I say buddies because I assume that, you know, they're friendly. Um, uh, but the it fine, is... The fine distinguished gentleman. Exactly. The fine distinguished gentleman over at Rocket Jump. It is a three-mana artifact. Uh, it is a rare. And it has five mana. Sacrifice this and tap it. And a wall of text. And a wall of text. Uh, here's what you do. You, you pick a creature card in your graveyard and you exile it. Then you're going to be putting two tokens into play. One has is a zombie with the power and toughness of the creature you exiled. The other is a clone of that creature, except it's a 1-1 one, one spirit. Or except it's a 1-1 one, one and a spirit. In addition to all its other types. In addition to all its other types. So 
let's say we pick a card like, say, I don't know, Dragonlord Ojutai, for example. Dragonlord Ojutai is, you know, the 5-mana 5-4 um, flyer with Hexproof as long as it's untapped. And then whenever you hit your opponent, you do the whole impulse thing. Uh, if you were to use this on Ojutai, you would make a 5-4 zombie and a 1-1 Ojutai. That still maintains... That has all its abilities. It's just a 1-1 and it's a spirit now. Correct. If you did this with an Emrakul, you would have a 13-13 zombie and a 1-1 Emrakul. <laughs> the littlest Emrakul. <laughs> not quite as good. Um, but that's 13, kind of what... 13-13 zombie is not bad. 13-13 zombie is pretty good. Um, it's a heavy that's, hitter. It is a really, really heavy hitter. So it's a really flavorful card. I don't know how good it is. It does a few really interesting things, like it sacrifices itself, it doesn't exile itself, so if you can do some artifact recursion, that's a thing you could pull off. I'm sure that it, somebody's going to break this, I don't know who, but it's, someone's it's going to. It's pretty obvious by who they gave the spoiler to, where it's directed, is what yeah. kind of card they were... It's, it's, it's like, token, this is EDH card. <laughs> yeah, it's really sweet. I'm not going to lie, though, the foil's probably got to be amazing on this no, card. No, the art is also absurd, it's, it's oh man. Dark, Anything, can always, Dark can always does a great job. Dark does a great job. Uh, next, let's talk about the Elder Deep Fiend, which has been misread both as Elder Deep Friend and Elber Deep Fried. I I got a tweet today, actually, from someone who made it. <laughs> oh, God, it had a picture of Calamari on it. Oh, no. Uh. <laughs> it was, they, replaced the, they replaced the card image with just a picture of Calamari. Oh, Cause, man. Because Elder Deep Fiend is eight mana for a colorless card. It's it a Eldrazi a Octopus. Yeah, Creature Eldrazi Octopus, a 5-6 with Flash mm -hmm. with an Emerge. So here's one. So funnily enough, in the uh, mechanic article, it actually mentions, like, a thing. During, like, using Emerge does not change when you cast a spell during your main phase when the stack is empty unless a spell has Flash, dot, 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 somehow. <laughs> they actually kind of, like, wink, wink, nudge, nudged that there might be a flash emerge card, and here we have it. So its emerge cost is five blue, blue. So you can basically sack something CMC five or less to negate that cost completely. Yeah. Or to, well, you, so to, get, to, get the, to get the full value out of it yeah. anyway, five or less. But anything after that, you're just wasting, man, CMC. But uh, when you cast Elder Deep Fiend, tap up to four target permanents. Now... Blue, blue, flashing it in, sacking a creature, tapping four of your opponent's things, and then potentially going for the the win. Yeah, that's that's pretty freaking great. That's, that's pretty good. If there is a blue based control ish or mid range deck, might see some play. I highly doubt it though. We'll we'll see. Um, well, this the, this is very this is very pearl like ancient esque, but it doesn't yeah. have the recursion ability like pearl yeah. Lake did. PLA had PLA was kind of silly for that for like a few weeks. Uh, the th the one thing that made me actually think about this card in particular is that there is a response to the th th um, to Evan's tweet earlier about it being a cost reduction mechanic. Is that these style of cards are very dangerous with the delve creatures? Uh, for example, here is an actual line of play you could theoretically do in modern. You play a turn two Tassiger because you can pretty much you can pretty easily play a two turn so, two Tassiger. So, all right, so turn two Tassiger is enabled by turn one fetch land, grab a land, thought scour yourself. Yeah. And that's Turn five cards right land. there. Yeah. Thought and scour yourself. Play Tassiger, blow away your graveyard. And then you can cast this creature on turn th on turn three for blue blue. But you're sacking your Tassiger, so who knows how good that's actually going to be. At least it goes to the graveyard and you probably get it back in with Colagon's command. That's it. Well, why are you playing? That's the. Uh, oh, you're playing Grixis, Grixis in bro. that case? Okay, I was thinking you were playing Jund for some reason. Never mind. It's Grixis. Why would you play this in Jund? It's blue. I was. I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> 
dude, come on. Anyways, card is really <laughs> card is really sweet. Um, I don't know if it's actually that good good enough to see play in modern, but um, time will tell. I wouldn't be surprised if Paul or Pat Chapin tries to mess with this card like he did with Gurmag Angler. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to some cards that were spoiled later in the day today. Uh, we have uh, Reddit's spoiler was a series of three werewolves. And the werewolves on Innistrad now are a little bit worse off because now they are werewolf horrors that transform into Eldrazi werewolves. Which is kind of cool flavor-wise, though. Like we mentioned earlier, with that they are on the moon phase. Like what it's done is basically, um, well, the flavor text of one of the cards says it perfectly. Uh, Kessig Prowler. Uh, which, which is the card we're going to talk about. Yeah, the first one we're talking about is green for a two-one werewolf horror. That's it. That's, I mean, or that's basically it for the front side. It also has some other. It also has it has and green it has transform. A, yeah, so most of the transform cards were werewolves. Now you don't. They don't. They actually don't look at the uh, spells cast in a turn clause. They have a straight up cost mana cost. So Kessig Prowler's four and a green to transform it into sinuous predator, which an Eldrazi werewolf four four can't be blocked by more than one creature. So you better have a beefy blocker or you're just going to be chumping for days. Um, but the flavor text on Kessig Prowler spells out perfectly what has happened to the werewolves on Innistrad. It says, in the wake of Emrakul, some werewolves' human forms were lost forever. So we already seen in the story that when you become a werewolf, you kind of lose your mind and the feral instinct takes over. So you're already susceptible to being crazy. Yeah. This just takes that to an nth degree. Yeah. And then um, the backside uh, is just really just disgusting. Um where they just turn into like four heads. Yeah, man. Emrakul uh, is not a drug that you want to be on. Uh, just FYI. Dude, it's um, the worst kind of E. It's the worst kind. Uh, but Kessie Prowler, again, two one, a green for a 2-1 with, with upside because you can transform it into this 4-4. Four, four. Um, this card could see standard play if an aggressive green deck shows up that wants it. Um, it's one of the few green 2-1s with no downside. Like There's Dried Militant, which is a hybrid card. Um, but I think this is the first mono green Savannah Lions with upside. That's what people are like so hyped about. It's like, we got one finally. Uh, I don't know about standard, but I know that this is going in my cube because my cube does support green aggro. And this card go. is really good. It's much better than something like, oh, I don't know, uh, Jungle Lion, which can't intercept. Yeah, this is a... Which means it can't block. <laughs> oh my god, that shows how old it is. Yeah. This is an uncommon, by the way. Yeah. So we got we got another one too at Uncommon. Called Smoldering Werewolf. Oh god, this guy. This guy's ridiculous. The art on it's insane. But it's a two red red for a three two werewolf horror. When it enters the battlefield, it deals one damage to each of up to two target creatures. So nice way to ping off some early game blockers that your opponent has down. Yep. It has four red red transform smoldering werewolf into erupting dreadwolf, which is a creature Eldrazi werewolf for a six four. Whenever it attacks, it deals two damage to target creature or player. It's a dang shock on a stick, yeah. and I love it. By the way, this card has the best flavor text. Go ahead and read it out, Ian. All right, so on the front side on Smoldering Werewolf, this is from Raph Gael, the Quiver of Kessig, or of the Quiver of Kessig, which I'm assuming is like the Kessig Hunters. So front side says, never thought I'd see the day I'd be wishing to see just a plain old werewolf. Back side says, heck, I'd settle for anything even that even resembled a werewolf. Yeah, the backside of, the, of a few of these werewolves don't even look like werewolves anymore. Like the back, the, the backside of this card in particular is just I don't even know what's going on. Where's the head? I I don't even know. Oh, yeah, man. what is this? I don't even. Yeah, what is this? I don't even. Uh, anyways, that brings us to the last card, which is the Wizards Play Network spoiler for today, uh, which is Voldar and Pariah, 
and its flip side, Abolisher of Bloodlines. So, Ian, what does the Voldaren Pariah do? Now, I want to talk about this one because this has madness on it, but we'll get that in a second. But Voldaren Pariah is a three black black, so five CMC, three three with flying, uh, vampire horror and rare. Uh, sacrifice three other creatures to transform it. Now, its madness cost is black, black, black. So triple black. <laughs> yeah, it's not easy to madness out mana-wise. Um, yeah, so one thing that we've seen so far, we've only seen like a f- like two or three madness cards spoiled so far. Like one was Blood Hall Priest, which is another vampire that madnesses out for one black-red. Um, and then there was a spell, uh, an instant that madnesses out for one more than its actual cost. But yeah, um, so this one's interesting because I I wanted to, I put this on the list to talk about just because madness we haven't really seen much enablers outside of like one or two other cards that actually care about discarding cards like there's a one that was for the day called haunting haunted dead that it can return from the graveyard baffle tap if you pay one black and discard two yeah. so you're, you're you're essentially paying four black and a and a and a, and a colorless generic. To, to get the same effect as if you just paid it straight up. Yeah. But you can do it, you know, at at the end step of your opponent. So you get them both on the battlefield. But it when you sacrifice the three, though, it becomes Abolisher of Bloodlines, which is, let me tell you what, the body horror that's going on in this set. Uh, oh, yeah. The the art is just... Oh, it has man. a goat head. Yeah, I don't I think the goat's one of the creatures you sacrifice uh, because this creature on the front side already has a tentacle and, and an extra arm. And some other things out the bottom which is we don't worry about that (laughs) we don't talk about it but anyway (laughs) we don't talk about that so anyway uh, the flip side of abolisher bloodlines it's flying for a six five it says when this creature transforms into abolisher bloodlines target opponent sacrifices three creatures you sacrifice three creatures they sacrifice three creatures it's kind of like a everybody sacrifices creatures it's a pseudo grave pact um which is an enchantment that has whenever a creature you control dies, each opponent sacks a creature. Most recently, this effect was seen on Dictate of Erebos. It was seen in Creature Form on um, Bloodkeeper of Malakir, I believe is the card. Oh, no, Butcher of Malakir from uh, Zendikar. It's a very, very interesting card. Um, I've already seen a few comments about how this is terrible and standard uh, because you get blown up by in-speed removal, and that's all true. Uh, this card <laughs> is probably going to be absurd and limited unless your opponent has instant-speed removal. Um... It's a really interesting card. Yeah, I like I said, it's one of those ones where like you kind of got to bring it up just to talk about and be like, on the front side, a three three flyer for five is yeah, kind of meh. Meh. It's a it's a common. It's not. It's not. Yeah, but it's rare though. <laughs> well, the thing is that there are literal commons that are five mana three three flyers with no text other than that. Well, right, but yeah, this the the reason why it's the rare is the flip side, obviously. Yeah, but obviously, but yeah, it's interesting. It's, like so, if you can get this at three mana. That's really good. I don't know how often that will happen, but that would be something that would be really, really just super spicy. Yeah. Now, some other little, like, just honorable mentions, I guess we could say, is we got the quote-unquote fixed accumulated knowledge. Oh, yeah, we had Take Inventory, which is one of the blue for a sorcery, where you draw a card and then draw another card for each card name, Take Inventory, in your graveyard. Looks like there's going to be a cycle of these because there's a red one which is a single red, you deal um, X plus two damage, or X is the number of cards. I believe it's a Galvanic Outburst? Galvanic Bombardment. Galvanic Bombardment. It's an incident common. These are both common, so you can get a bunch of them in draft. Um, Interesting cards. Yeah. Don't know how good they're going to be. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I mean, Galvanic Bombardment, think about it. It's it's straight-up shock. 
Yeah. At its worst, it, it's a shock. At its worst, it is in fact just a shock. We also got all the uh, intro deck rares Here's spoiled, the, we, which we've are going to be needing a shock back though. We, we've been needing shock. Yeah, we're not getting lightning strike, but we're getting a, a, a interesting shock. Again, the downside doesn't hit players, but yeah. uh, we did get the cycle of uh, intro rares, which they're all really, really interesting. The red one seems absurd, um, but you guys can look at them up on the Wizards website. And uh, remember the intro packs, because this is the last set we're getting intro packs for. Because in Kaladesh, they're becoming the Planeswalker packs, as we talked about during the kind of info dump segment. Yeah. Um, another another honorable mention, quick, real quick, is the Tree of Perdition. Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. Which is be prepared yeah. to see this at your F and M's, kids, when you get blown out by Triskaidekaphobia. <laughs> Tree of Perdition is three and a black for a O thirteen plant at Mythic. It has Defender, and uh, this is the uh, the dark side of the Tree of uh, Redemption from original Innistrad, which is three and a green for an O thirteen Defender. Uh, tree of Redemption let you tap to exchange your life total with the trees. Whereas Tree of Perdition exchanges your opponent's life total for the trees. Yeah, so what's kind of cool, like I mentioned, get blown out. Because remember, Triskaidekaphobia reads uh, players with life If a player at 13 life, they lose. Yeah, 13 life, you lose. So that checks it before the the life change happens. So remember, you can just tap this bad boy, exchange target life opponent, or target opponent's life with it, and have fun. I would... Fully bet there's going to be somebody at an FNM somewhere, somehow, that makes a assault formation deck <laughs> with oh, this card. Oh no! In it. Oh no! Assault <laughs> formation is still in standard too. Oh, it is. Oh That's man! What I'm saying. Uh, by it's... the way, assault formation uh, lets your creatures deal damage, equal, uh, assign damage with their toughness instead of their power, and then gives defenders the ability to attack. So this is going to be silly. Um... <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that. I was like, ooh, assault formation deck. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> It's stupid and cheesy, but hey, it's a thing. It's a thing, and these are all it's the spoilers. It's an F&M thing. It's, it's, it's always a thing. And this is the it for the spoilers that we've seen so far today. We've got, another week, and, we've got another week and a half of spoilers. How are you feeling, Ian? I'm kind of okay so far. Like, I mean, obviously, yes, we're still way too early to tell, but I like that I've gotten a card that I'm going to test in Pauper. Um, we've gotten some insanely flavorful cards. Commanders obviously got command, – like EDH players have gotten a couple treats already, which is great. Um, like the flavor. Oh God, the flavor on Dose of Perfection is just amazing. Mm, it's it's it. so good. Um, uh, the one compl- actually, got- there was one complaint about Dose of Perfection I forgot to mention. Someone mm. complained it wasn't legendary. Oh please! Could you imagine Delver that? Could you imagine Delver that as a commander, legend- dude? That's the perfect effect to put on a commander, dude. You know it is. Been- <laughs> wizard. Oh God, Wizard <laughs> Tribal. Oh. Anyways. All right. Anyways. That's, that, that is a commander player whining. <laughs> it, it is. You're totally correct. Uh, I'm not I'm not the person who complained <laughs> about it, but it, it I would build around that card. Um, it's more interesting than a zombie. But anyways, uh, yes. that brings like us... Said, it's, it's, it's shaping up to be okay so far. Like, obviously, we've only seen, what, like 40 cards? Yeah. So it's a set that's got over 200. <laughs> yeah, we've got, we've got time to grow. Uh, but mm-hmm. that's going to bring us to the end of the spoilers so far. Again, we've got another week and a half of spoilers that I'm excited to see how how they're going to show up. Um, so, Ian, where can people find you? People can find me on Twitter at DixonIJ. We're on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Dix. Um, streaming. I'm actually trying to stream a little bit more. I know after this we're actually going to go stream some EMA, but we're going to take a break first. But um, we'll do some an EMA draft or whatever because it leaves next week. And bom, bom. Yay. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Anyways, people can find me on Twitter at jwiley129. You can also find me on Twitch by that same handle. 
Uh, if you want to reach the podcast directly, you can reach us on Twitter at Eyes on the Mize, or you can email us a more personal question at eyesonthemize at gmail.com. Thank you so much, guys, for coming in. And remember, leave a review uh, on iTunes, so we give shout-outs at the beginning, at the top of the show. We haven't, we still haven't seen any in a while, but again, just wanted to make sure you're all aware. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next time.